Welcome to Swanglinese, the only podcast talking the language of business here in the Middle East. Your hosts, Barry Lee Cummings and Oscar Andermo, give you their own insights, as well as interviewing business leaders in the region to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. Barry, Oscar, let's talk Swanglinese. Just before we get started, a quick word from one of our sponsors. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Copabble. Copabble is a technology platform that aims to help you digitize and digitalize your business. Simple to use, massively powerful, and guaranteed to bring your paper-based archaic processes into the digital age. Copabble leverages the smart device technology already in your employees' hands to help streamline processes, share information, as well as educate and train your workforce. Whether you have paper-based checklists, forms, or audits that need digitizing, are looking for a better way to communicate with your teams, need to train them on the go, or are looking to replace your existing system with one that is far more cost-effective, Cobabble is the tool for you. Check out cobabble.com for more information, to request a demo, or sign up for your free trial. Cobabble, your digitization partner. Okay, and let's get on with it. Hello and a very warm welcome to this episode of the podcast. This week in the virtual studio, I have the pleasure of Beth's company. Hi, Beth. How are you today? Hey, Barry. I'm good. Thanks for having us. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Thanks Thanks for taking the time to come on and, and join me. Uh, hopefully this will go smoothly. We've just been having a little bit of technical issues <laughs> on this one, but all good and really looking forward to talking with you um, about your journey so far. And as with all our guests, I start out asking you to turn back the the, the timeline a little bit and, and go back as, as far as you need to, to tell us who is Beth and, and where did it all start and how did we then end up talking to each other on a podcast here in the Middle East? So let's let's go back in time. Wow, right, let's go right back then. <laughs> I suppose um, just to kind of, for this to kind of make sense to, you know, in terms of what I'm doing today, let's just kind of rewind right back. So mm-hmm. as little Beth, so me as a, as a kid and growing up, um, I was quite a shy little girl and, um, you know, I lacked a lot of confidence in myself and my ability. And, you know, that kind of really exposed itself when I was, you know, entering those kind of awkward teen years. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I really, really kind of struggled with how like my my perception of myself and it affected, you know, the the kind of things that I, I chose to do as a as a teen. Like I I often found myself I would opt out of things, social right. things, experiences. And I I personally feel like I, I missed out on a lot. Um and somehow somewhere along the line I found something inside of me that allowed me to kind of step out into the uh, my voice and by voice I mean so I actually started to find a little bit of confidence and let's say self-esteem when I sang at a school I think it's a school assembly or something like that and you know all the parents were there and things like that and um you know I I went on to taking things like singing lessons and right. Um, you know, I would enter like regional competitions and things like that. And I really found like my kind of confidence just kind of build from there. And um, it kind of, you know, I always say when I look back on my, my, my journey now, I kind of see it as singing was like my savior. It kind of right. got me away from, you know, potentially going down the wrong path, you know, right. <laughs> a yeah, girl yeah. from Sunderland. <laughs> you know, not always surrounded by, you know, the biggest promises in life. And it would have 
been very easy to get into like, you know, the wrong crowd and that kind of thing. And so it kind of like got me on a path towards, you know, well, well, to towards something like better than what I was kind of potentially going to go down. So um, from there, kind of, <laughs> um, I, I'm just thinking of my, my mom and dad's voice in there, like in my head thinking, thank goodness she found something because, you know, I think <laughs> at one point I really worried about me and stuff. So like, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, from there, I am. Um, yeah, I, I managed to, you know, get out of secondary school. You know, I, I did relatively well in the end. And then I, I actually went on to do at uh, college and um, although in the end as much as I was passionate about singing and I was you know I was pretty good at the time um, it wasn't really my passion it was just something that I was um, you know it was kind of like just one of those stepping stones that has like led me to do what I'm doing now and right. uh, which obviously I'll come on to later but um, I what did I do after that so I I did music at college and then I went to I went on to university and I did um, languages. I did Spanish with uh, TESOL. Uh -huh. So I was training to be a teacher, um, right. you know, uh, teaching English to speakers of other languages. And I also, funnily enough, like rewinding the clock, like obviously now we're here in the Middle East, but I actually chose an elective in Arabic at the time. Really? And which is, it's so interesting. I know. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. It's just like, I'm going to do an elective in Arabic. And um, it was so difficult. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was, yeah, it was so difficult. And I was like, what is that sound? And it was, but it was so fun. It was interesting. I was obviously really attracted to like language and uh, sound and culture and all of those things. And um, so, yeah, um, I... I guess still during like my my time at university, I was still kind of struggling with self-confidence, self-esteem. Like I had a lot of kind of health issues. Like I used to suffer from uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, which now I understand was a result of like the stress that I put on myself. Like, right. um, and so, you know, although I was somebody who, you know, I would always find the inner strength to kind of put myself out there. Um, inside it was always really quite challenging right. and um yeah so it was kind of like a bit of a roller coaster like boom and bust boom and bust kind of thing um but you know i did considering all of that like i, I did okay but i always felt like you know i would observe other people around me in my community friends and things and think you know they make it look easy like you know am i missing something what's going on you know like um and there was always that comparison for bad or good. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, um, I'm just trying to think where I went from there. So, you know, at, at university, like I, I kind of took every opportunity. I traveled a lot. I, um, this, I went to a university called UPlan in um, the Northwest of uh, England. Yeah. And they had these programs that um, offered like grants to travel. So you could apply for money and they would, you know kind of just send you out into the world wherever you wanted to go and you know i kind of like i know amazing it, like i thought it was incredible i was like why isn't everybody in the university applying for these grants you know like why wouldn't you want to travel but i guess that was just something that was interesting to me yeah and um i guess i found like the formula for being like to win because i won i won um like three years running and i i ended up going to argentina the first year 
um, to study Spanish to help with my studies. The second year I went to Ecuador and then that was you know, teaching, teaching kids in the Amazon was incredible. Um, and then the third year I went to Thailand doing the same thing. So teaching, practicing my teaching skills, volunteering in um, schools in, in a region called uh, Kaolak. And this is basically where um, uh, this part of the, uh, the the country was kind of devastated by the tsunami. And so they were really building like all of the schools and stuff. So they had like volunteers, like, you know, me and other teachers or just volunteers basically just to lend their time to the kids and um, take them English, basically. Um, so, yeah, it was amazing. And like, um, yeah, I'm really grateful for those experiences because, you know, if I hadn't looked for them, I might not have found them. And I, I you know, it, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, we well, have yeah, to put yourself so in those positions to, to be able to take advantage of them, right? If you, if you don't actually take action, which I think this is actually a very important lesson there is that, that like you said, why wasn't everybody applying for these things and going? Cause yeah. the same opportunity was available to everybody. Right. But you mm -hmm. decided, well, I'll take the opportunity and <laughs> off you go, you know, you yeah. get to go on these amazing travels and things. And it's, mm -hmm. I, as you're saying it, I'm thinking, well, yeah, why wouldn't everybody? But I also think that it's, it's a very specific kind of person that right. would take that opportunity. I did the same thing at university where there was opportunity for working. Um, you know, you, you, I did a four year course where the third year mm. was actually working in industry. And so right. I did my, I was at University of Plymouth and I was down there and you could get jobs in around there. And then on the board there was, why don't you get a job in Canada? And I said, yeah, I think I'll do that. <laughs> so off I went <laughs> to Canada. Yeah. And, uh, and I thought, oh, and there was a five of us that went in the end, but you mm. know, there was thousands of students there. And I, oh, well, that, that seems a bit odd. Why wouldn't you just do something down the road here? Like, mm -hmm, because it's mm -hmm. just down the road here. <laughs> and I want to go <laughs> and do something else. But you know, yeah. to, to, to relate it back to obviously something that's coming through from mm. your personality is that you take action. And, and I think that's really important when it comes to doing your own thing for business, because if you don't take action, nothing happens. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. I, yeah. Completely. And good for you. Like I can see, I can totally relate to that. Why wouldn't you want to go to Canada? And, yeah. you know, it's interesting from um, what I would hear about myself from like family and friends. It's like, oh, Beth, you're so brave. Like, wow, you do this. You go all over the world and you try this. But inside to me, like I, I'm me brave. Like I, I never really considered myself like that. So, you know, it kind of just drawn back to obviously I'm a coach now and I support obviously people all over the world with their confidence and their relationship to self and, you know, that kind of thing. And for all somebody can see something in, in you, like people telling me, wow, you're so brave, you're so confident, you know, you're out there in the world inside. That was actually not really my truth. That wasn't really what was going on. Mm. Um, but um, obviously now having the relationship I have with myself, like I see, wow, yeah, that was pretty brave. Like I was 18 and I flew across the world, like um, to, you know, a completely foreign land. And yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. It is, um, yeah. yeah. And like I said, it, it, it is, it, and it's interesting, this whole conversation around our outward perception, you know, how people perceive us and how we perceive ourselves mm -hmm. and the masks that we wear and, 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 and how actually I think it takes a certain type of person, self-aware person to be able to actually look at themselves and go, huh, oh yeah, I guess, I guess I can see that because it mm -hmm. is interesting where people, you, you, you know, from what you've described there, it's almost like, well, there's two people here because what they're telling me is one person and what I feel right. is another person and it can't be 
uh, it can't be me as in this, this one entity because those mm-hmm. are almost polar opposites or it's not the narrative I'm telling myself that I'm right. a strong, brave young woman going off around the world until, mm-hmm. you know, X number of years later you think, yeah, because it is to take, you know, get mm-hmm. on a plane. I grew up with a you know, military family and we traveled all the time. And so for me getting on a plane and going somewhere and I was doing it, I was flying from the you know, UK to Hong Kong when I was 11 on my own with my sister. And, uh, and it was just normal, but it's not normal to many people. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that have a real fear of even getting on a plane for, yeah. for, for a short hop from the UK to, to, mm-hmm. to Europe, for example, let alone getting on a seven or a 14 hour flight or flying to the other side of the planet like you were doing at 18 years old. So it's all, I think it's quite fascinating as well, just where people think, huh, it's, it's an interesting concept. And also how a lot of people where we are now are are like-minded, if you like, from that perspective, Mm -hmm. because we're here for a start. We've all made a journey. We've already (laughs) done that at different stages of our lives. But I think it's also a a common thread that runs through a lot of expatriates and and people that have set up businesses over here, that they are... They, they are brave, they're, they're, they're strong as well, and they take mm-hmm. action around it and, and they, they make a decision. But the whole, the travel issue, or not issue, the travel bug, I think is something that I definitely relate to, love traveling and have done since I was a kid. Um, and so I, again, I relate to it because, yeah, well, why wouldn't you go to Ecuador? Why wouldn't you go to Argentina? If somebody's given you the opportunity to do it and funding it to a certain extent, mm-hmm. go. Um, not only because of that, but because I think of how much you get back from travel. By, by going and seeing a different country mm-hmm. and going and seeing something different and, and, and working with children especially, I think it, it just gives you such a insight to, oh, that's a different way of looking at things or that's a different way of doing yeah. something. And, and I've done this many times where I've then gone, that's a better way of doing it. I'm going to do it that way from now on because the way mm-hmm. I've been doing right. it doesn't make any sense actually. It's just mm-hmm. how I was taught to do it or how we've always done it in our house, mm-hmm. family, whatever it is. So, uh, you know, Slight diversion there, but travel I think is just so so important, and, and it gives us so much. And and I, I would even hazard a guess that by doing those things when you were younger, has given you some of that uh, evidence to be able to reflect back on yourself and go, yeah, actually that was pretty pretty adventurous, pretty brave, and yeah. pretty cool actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you say, like uh, before when you were mentioned like the internal narrative, like it just it wasn't my internal narrative and it's taken a long time, if I'm being really, really honest, to kind of find like an alignment and kind of like a matchup, like, oh wow, that is me. <laughs> you know? Um and so yeah, like I guess let's just kind of go back to where we were. I guess where were we? Um okay, I finished my degree um in yeah. 2013. And then because I'd had these amazing experiences and obviously I was leading or paving the way into a teaching career, I was just like, oh, I just really need to get away again. And so I, um, I, I went straight to Thailand and I worked there for a few years and like you said, learning about the culture, learning about myself and um, uh, yeah, after that, where did I do go? I went to Spain. I spent some time there and then um something major happened with me in 2015 um where i my family and i we had a tragic loss we lost my mom and it was the biggest shock of you know my life Mm. and you know i had a really amazing relationship with my with my mom to the point where i 
be on the other side of the world in Thailand, calling her at dinner time, saying, Mom, this is what I'm having for dinner, you know, that kind of thing. Just like yeah. I would update her on everything, you know, we were really, really close. And um, yeah, so this loss was huge for me. And I realize now looking back how much I relied on my mom emotionally to be well, emotionally well, like to the okay. point where it was like, Mom, you know, I, I don't feel well. What should I do? Uh, mom, I, I'm having this problem with this friend. What should I do? Like, I, I didn't know how to make decisions for myself. I didn't know how to, like, regulate myself emotionally. Like, I was so dependent on her. So hmm. you can imagine, like, this person, obviously, mom relationship anyway. But then, you know, to have that kind of, well, a codependency on someone, it was like somebody had, like, literally taken the, like, like taking the uh, rug beneath my feet and I was just like falling um, and it was like what do we do from here like how am I going to survive like who am I going to tell like what I'm going to have for dinner today like it was you know, something so crazy it sounds ridiculous but it was important to me mm-hmm. and um, it was like overnight becoming almost like a fully grown adult I mean I was 25 like I wasn't a, I wasn't a kid but I was young and mm-hmm. um you know, I really had to quickly learn how to be okay on my own. And to be honest with you, I don't really think I knew what I was doing. And, um, you know, like... None of us do, to be honest. (laughs) didn't have a clue. (laughs) Totally unaware. And I mean, at this stage, like, I I had no idea. I was was still teaching. I was um, doing that. And I hadn't even entered this kind of self-knowledge, personal development kind of you know thing I didn't even know that existed you know Mm. Um, and so I didn't know really that there there were options for you know going to counseling seeing a coach or getting support like it just wasn't an option in my head because I just didn't have any experience with it and you know my mom and dad they were married for 36 years you know Mm. beautiful relationship we had a really nice family set up and so I found myself like literally overnight adult if not almost like a parent, like I have to be here to support my dad now. (laughs) Like not only have I lost my, my mom as a parent, like my dad's not fully functioning. And I think absolutely terrifying. And so I think a fear was ignited. And um, I carried that for many years after that. And so I found you know, like life moves on. And I, like you say, I'm, I'm a bit of a go-getter, take action. I went off to Spain. I, I, I traveled again. I, I worked or whatever. And, you know, somehow find myself here in the UAE, in Rasulkaima. <laughs> um, and really what I, I say two or three years down the line after, you know, losing my mom, I, I really start to feel the effect of it um, in all aspects of life. Like I mentioned, like health wasn't great for a start. But wow, was it like hitting me hard then? <laughs> and I was just like, I felt like I was drowning and I just couldn't cope with, you know, school. I couldn't cope with, you know, personal relationships. Always had really good friendships, but in terms of like, let's say more personal relationships that I've struggled with that. And that was always something that I always held really important, still value it now. And I was just like, what is going on? What is happening? Unbeknown to me that I was still carrying this massive burden of grief, loss and fear. And um, it was having a huge, huge impact on my life overall. Right. Understandably. (laughs) Understandably. Yeah, exactly. And so then how how did you 
how did you get through that in the end in terms of that realization of carrying that burden and then being able to i won't say unload it because i don't think you ever do mm -hmm. but how do you how do you get past it so that you can function and and, and become a fully functioning member of society and, and and carry on you know carry on with your life how, how did you do that I think, you know, there were moments probably from the age of 15 where I was searching. I had been searching for something more and looking outward, like what, like there has to be an easier way, like what can I do? But just wasn't quite getting there. And, you know, I'd been on yoga retreats, I just meditation, I'm a yoga teacher, like all of these things. And all of these things I think are hugely valuable, amazing, but they just didn't make sense to me at the time. And so, you know, around, I think 2018, I, I started to really take more of an active approach to it. I was like looking online for courses, this kind of thing. And um, I went through actually another kind of big life event turning point for me was on top of that, I went through a huge sort of um, like personal breakup. And I was just like, that was the an add on top of the loss of like my mom. <laughs> It was yeah. just like, okay, you're not listening. You're not doing something about it, Beth. Like, we're just going to give you something else so you actually listen. Because right. this, this is real life stuff. We happen every day, right? But my reaction to it was like, really, I, did, I couldn't understand. Like, my, you know, I, I wasn't eating. I wasn't sleeping. I actually worked out. I walked out of work one day. You know, like, I just, like, it just wasn't functioning. And so even my dad, bless his heart, he flew to the Emirates to come and be with me because he was so worried about my emotional well-being, right. my mental state and everything. And um, I was like, right, that's it. This is it. Like, I cannot live my life like this. Like, I have to do something different. Like, I have to, I want to do it like her and him. Like, how do they do it? Like, there is another way. And I don't mean that as an in comparison, they're better than me. I just meant mm. like, I want to experience life. I want to have a, in a different way. I want to have a better, you know, quality of life. And so I had. So what were you doing? Your dad came out here and you said you worked out. What was work at that point in time? What were you, was that as a teacher? I Yes, was that, I was still in the yeah. school. Yes. So right. that was like year three in or something like that. Yes, I was working for um, ministry schools here teaching uh, young girls. Um, right. Yeah, and I, I and I loved it. And just on this day, I just couldn't cope and I left. And uh, my dad was like, OK, Beth, like, what is going on with you? <laughs> we, we can't continue like this. And so I just made a very, very conscious decision to kind of turn things around. And I took myself on um, a course. Um, it was a it was just like an introduction. It was like a two-day experience. And I, I something just shifted in, in a few days. I remember calling my friend on the way back because the course was in Dubai. Right. And I remember driving back like something like really late at night, 11 o'clock at night, calling my friend. And she'd been obviously checking in, really, really concerned about me. And I was just like, look, I'm, I'm good now. <laughs> I'm right. going to be okay. I, I, I can do it now. And she was like, oh, right, okay. But it's 11 o'clock at night. And you no, I'm, I'm, I'm elevated. I'm excited for life. So I'm going to be okay now. And I right. have never felt like that before. Amazing. Um, <laughs> that must yeah, be quite some was, event that you went to in Dubai then. <laughs> it, was a, it was a pretty phenomenal event. And yeah. so I promised myself um, that I would go back the year after. I think this is leading into 
I can't remember what year it is now. I get confused with dates. Um, but I, I, I ended up taking the course without the intention of actually becoming a coach. It was just for my own personal goal, like total taking responsibility for myself, every part of my life, my health, my relationship, everything. And um, yeah, then I qualified. Right. Um, actually, this was in the a week before we went into the global lockdown. Right. Yeah. Talk about so, timing. Talk about timing. And it just literally, that's how it felt. It felt like it just fell into my hands at the right time. We, um, we went into lockdown. And so can you imagine, like, just from the girl that I've just described, like this person who was just like emotionally in, unstable, I felt like one of the most probably powerful people walking into that pandemic. Right. I was so well prepared and um you know i think we, i think we've got to a point in time where we can talk about it now but at the time right. like i was almost afraid to say like that was a really really special time for me right. um you know we went on teaching online i was doing on my own kind of growth self you know development stuff on the side i got myself a coach a mentor and um I made a decision. I'm actually, as much as I love teaching here, like my experience in the school, I was in the, I was in the same school for five years. Right. I made incredible relationships, both with like expats like myself, with the local people. I loved it. And I still have a really lovely relationship with the school now. I knew that inside that this is, this has been what I was meant to do, but now this is my actual life purpose. And I've never felt like that. And right. so I made a decision, like another one, <laughs> I'm yeah. going to leave my job. I'm going to leave and I'm going to do this full time because this is what I'm meant to do. And um, with the help Can of I my... Just, yeah. well, just before you go on that, because I think it's really important that some people will be listening to this going, but how did you know? How, how what was it that you... You came out of your event, you were feeling elevated, you had this, but what was it inside that had, or can you, do you know what had done that so that you could say, this is what I'm supposed to do? Because I, I know people will be listening and go, but I want that. I, what she's just described, I want that. But how, how is it that I would know that I've got there? And also, what is the work that I could do to get myself there? In terms of, you obviously, you described, you've taken action, you went to this event, mm, you started mm -hmm, doing things, mm -hmm. but you, you, there was obviously some sort of shift. I don't know, are you able to describe it? Is it, is it something that you can Ooh. describe in, in terms of why, how, how it happened? <laughs> that's, a, that's a tricky one, but it's a really, really good point. And yeah, absolutely, for people who are here, and I, I can totally relate to feeling like, what, what is my purpose? Like, how will I know? How will I get there? And, you know, I suppose, um, I suppose for me, how did I know? Um, mm. It just, it, how do I answer that? <laughs> it was just, I am in exactly the right place at the right time. And I feel completely safe in this. And I just know that I can't do anything else. Like there, nothing else exists anymore. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I want to spend every moment doing this. And so the energy, I would say, notice your, I always call it emotional feedback or state feedback notice your how your body feels when it's energized when you have almost like it's like the energy doesn't run out it's just it just keeps coming you know like you know when you see children they just run around and run around and run around and they have like that endless energy we well i felt like i had that again and i was like i was staying up to like one o'clock in the morning i was making slides and powerpoints and i was like watching videos and doing all this stuff and i was like wow so it's like just this sort of excitement that this is this is for me that that's right. the best way i can describe it i hope yeah. that helps 
It does, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think that the the uh, what what it sounds like to me is this uh, from from my coaches is this that you you found your flow, you were in flow, and right. so it didn't yeah. feel like you were doing anything as such. You were mm-hmm. just being and thinking, I love this. This is great, yeah. and and which <laughs> again to some people sounds oh yeah that sounds really great and but how do I quantify that but I think okay. it's really important what you said is actually that for you it was this idea of, of going and, and and doing this event and whatever happened at that event there were certain things that were said that resonated with you that helped mm-hmm. I, I guess put your focus and direction into that area of, mm-hmm. of, of coaching and helping mm-hmm. and, and 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 guiding people I suppose from that side yeah. of things which mm-hmm. it might be not that might not be for some other people, but it is about, I think, the point that you've made quite well there is, is finding that thing. And that means going and doing lots of things and, yeah. and seeing, oh, actually, you know, I, I do quite like, maybe it's you like technical stuff and you find yourself coding and you'd happily code for 24 hours a day. It's like, great, then that's probably mm-hmm. where you are in flow or yeah. it may be teaching people, it may, whatever it is. But I think to, to the point that you've made there is that you've got to try and do something, which actually goes back to the beginning mm-hmm. of your story, yeah. which is taking action. <laughs> And, and, yes. and taking an action yeah. gives you insight and and information and data to make a decision then. And and mm-hmm. if you didn't do that, which comes again back to the idea of just going, traveling and getting all this input and then saying, uh, I think I'm going to do this actually, because right. I feel good about that. So mm-hmm. and I, it was a difficult question because I think it's very difficult to answer <laughs> that and quantify it because it's different mm-hmm. for you as it would be for me, as it would be for right. a B, C or D listener. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I think it's... Uh, are making that point because I think so many people ask that question like what what am I doing mm. what what should I be doing and, and, and even that question is not necessarily mm. done because should is one of those words think, well it's not that you should be doing anything what, what, what do you want to do where do you feel what you've described you know and I think that's a really really important point just the language around that what I should be doing that kind of internal narrative is indication of I'm not really in tune with actually what I want because should and want is the two different things, right? Mm. And so I think if if somebody is listening and they want to know, well, how do I get to that? How do I find my purpose and my passion or my flow or whatever? I think you need to invest in knowing yourself well. It's about self-knowledge and understanding the difference between what I should be doing and what a want is because we have this huge kind of um cultural sort of influence, societal influence and family and all of these things around us that tell us life should be like this or you should be doing that. This is worthwhile. And so that is a complete distraction and takeaway of really what isn't actually what your true desire and what your true path could be. Mm. Um, So when you kind of peel all those layers back, you know, then and really get down to you and what's important to you and what you value and what lights you up then i think you know that's where the answers are going to come so self-knowledge is power that's all i can say yeah i i I 100 agree and it's really interesting just you you talk about this and as having this conversation because of where i am in my own journey and with what work i've been doing and it, it just seems that there's there has been like this awakening if you like of more and more people recently i suppose but still so many people that would listen and think yeah okay yeah that sounds really again find your why and do this and that but i just wanted to make that point that it's it's become so apparent to me that to get those things that you want and to get where you want to get to the work and i use air quotes Mm. on purpose is is you Mm. 
you work on yourself to, to mm. understand exactly what you said there, to understand what you want. And by doing mm-hmm. that and figuring out how you get that feeling that Beth has of, I don't care what time it is, I'm creating, I'm doing, I'm doing this because I, I love it, is that actually that comes from knowing yourself and understanding, mm-hmm. no, I'm not really working. And again, people say, oh, this is such a cliche. You know, you find your passion and you're not working a day in your life. But actually it's a cliche because it's true. That if you find that, you don't feel like it and you think, oh, it is suddenly it's three o'clock in the morning. I'm not even feeling tired because of that energy flow that's coming through you to to, to do it. So again, I know I'm laboring that point, but I just think it's really important that what you've highlighted there and the work that you do now, it is invaluable for so many people. And, And I was one of those that kind of looked at it from the peripheral going, well, it sounds a little bit you know, airy fairy to me. I'm not woo sure woo that, that right. Yeah, a bit woo woo and, yeah. uh, and and the more that I've gone into it, the more that it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. I suppose it's that's the, the story. So for so many people, mm-hmm. isn't it? looking in, mm-hmm. being a little bit mm-hmm. pessimistic, and then actually start doing it, mm. and lo and behold, <laughs> things start yeah. happening from that side of things. So mm-hmm. your your focus now is is obviously in the coaching side of things. Do you specialize? Yes in an audience do you specialize or is it as a broad sort of brush that you work with or what what is it that you're focusing on i suppose the better question what is it in that very broad field that you really enjoy yeah i mean oh yes okay so obviously given what i've shared i'm very much focused on um you know me going from you know uncomfortable self-conscious like a low low self-esteem team to you know this kind of entrepreneurial confident and self-sufficient person and so I really do believe that um, our focus should be. So I do work with a lot of, obviously, give my background in teaching as well. I've worked with like kids and teens all over the world and noticing not just from my own story, but actually seeing it in real time in, you know, all cultures and societies across the world that there's a need for this kind of reform in education in terms of um, how we support young people. So teaching them how to um, empower themselves, you know, how to feel empowered, resilient, how to basically have a mindset that is going to work for them as opposed to against them. Because, um, you know, I, I don't think we've really invested enough time and in, in, um you know, energy, like, yes, there's stuff that's coming out now. Like I, I notice people, when I speak to like say parents, when I speak to teachers and when I go to schools and principals, like on an individual level, I notice that they understand there's a need to support young people. It's just um, on a bigger scale and the systems, like hopefully, I'm hoping that, you know, everyone's going to kind of get on board at some point where we actually make this a priority and a focus because really that that's, we are seeing such a, a big, so many problems in terms of, you know, kids not being able to communicate. They're not, they're isolating. They don't even know how to make friends. I mean, let's face it, they were online or, you know, totally isolated for the past couple of years. Yeah. And so, you know, expecting them just to know how to do those things like how to be social, how to communicate, how to understand why I feel the way I feel, how, you know, all of those things, how we're doing them a disservice. Uh, so I really, my focus is in, in young people and um, yeah. Yeah, that's, I think, and that's where we, you know, the connection that when we met was because I, the work I do with, with cyberbullying prevention and, and awareness and the, the words that you used there were the two that I use in all of my sessions, which are empowerment and resilience. 
And, right. and I think it's so important because we're, we're not empowering our children to mm. uh, be able to overcome the issues that they are coming mm. up against or to be even mm-hmm. aware of what those issues are. Right. And, and, and I completely echo the point that there, there's some parents and teachers that understand the issue. And obviously I'm coming at it from a, a technical cyber perspective, yeah. but it, it's across the board. And, and I have the same same worries that it, it individually, okay, a few people, but why are we not as a society, as a community, mm. let's start at the school level, then the community mm-hmm. level, then let's get to society level, mm-hmm. doing more to help our children, to mm-hmm. empower them and prepare them for the world that we as parents, you know, mm-hmm. brought them into. And mm-hmm. I think that there's this huge disconnect, which is why, again, the, the, the conversation we've had and, and the connection was there, because I think that it's so important because there is a gap. And there's a gap mm. where what you do is so important and and i believe what what we're doing is really important to just support what's being done but i also mm-hmm. fundamentally agree that there's there's um there's a flaw in the system when it comes mm-hmm. to education right now and that some of the things that we are teaching our children don't necessarily need to be taught and some of the things that we are not teaching our children are so desperately mm-hmm. need to be taught mm-hmm. um and, and mm-hmm. i think that that's that it's a uh, we're in a transitional Step yes. time, right? And so yeah. I think maybe that's also playing into how you are able to provide value to, to young people because I think that mm-hmm. it's it's so important. And I hope that you know you, your your mission and what you're doing, you just keep keep going mm-hmm. at it. And it sounds like you will because obviously this is yeah. what you realize is what you'd want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, yeah. and if, from, yeah. from that perspective, I mean, what what is next for for, for Beth? And uh, what what, what do, what's your focus for the next sort of twelve months now that we are coming out of as you said, the COVID mm-hmm. situation, there's obviously issues with some, I've already heard, some children having problems integrating back into going into a classroom with all the other kids and not having mm-hmm. to wear a mask, that they've become so accustomed to that. that yeah. yeah, that's now so true. Being face-to-face without a mask is causing them anxiety. And, and, and as you said, and perhaps mm-hmm. rightly so, because we're expecting a lot mm-hmm. of our children Mm-hmm. To deal with these changes yeah. in the last two years of don't go out, don't touch this, clean your hands, wear this, don't do that, definitely mm-hmm. don't touch. And now, okay, off you go, back into it like it was. Yeah. So, so what's next for you, Beth? What are you focusing on? Yeah, I'm really focusing on getting into the schools again. Obviously, teaching experience, I guess I just love it. <laughs> and so, and I do, I really do enjoy that sort of um, community and, and the school environment. So hopefully um, going into more schools and offering um, support and programs, workshops, whatever they really need or they think they need um, to best support their young people. Um, and um, yeah. I guess that and then obviously I've got my work on the side I work with um you know parents that then do kind of come forward they look for more of a one-to-one because obviously it's different working with group of kids and as it is one-to-one um not all 14 15 year olds are going to be so open in a in a let's say a group environment so just kind of moving forward with that and um yeah doing the best that I can with young kids fantastic no that's great and i wish you all the best with that and we will, i will support any way that i can because i think it's so so valuable mm-hmm. just as a, a closing uh within the podcast what i always ask our guests is a, a, a final question around resources and it's, it's more mm-hmm. about you as beth is there something that you would recommend to people that you do for example and it might be it could be a resource it could be a book it could be a mentor it could be a podcast it could be a tool or it could be a process that you personally mm-hmm utilize where you think you know what i highly recommend people try it 
or refer to mm. it or read it because it's something that you hold dear and it kind of keeps you going in the direction that you're going. question also right um <laughs> there's so many things and i think we're so we're so fortunate because we have like a thorough uh you know um data and resources online and books and all these things um i guess for me on a, on a personal level like yeah. one of the best things that i ever did was get my own coach my own mentor right. um somebody who was you know a, like ahead of me and not to say like any better than me, but just somebody who knew something yeah. more than I did where I was to help me. Um, so, you know, I really, really believe that's important because we're very sort of um, habitual creatures. And um, unless we have kind of like eyes on us to see things in ourselves that we maybe wouldn't see, you know, that lack of awareness, um, we just continue to do the same things. Yeah. So I really do. I personally really value having like somebody who's going to be there to support you and hold you accountable to help you. Like I know that everybody listening here could. There's going to be one area of their life where they think I would just love to make that a little bit easier, or I'd like to experience a better quality of life, whether it's with my children, or with myself, or with my husband, or with my wife, or whoever it is, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, if there is that part of your life where you feel I just want to make it easier, I really would advise get get some kind of professional support that is going to walk that journey with you and hold you accountable. In terms of, you know, like free resources, I mean, oh, my stuff's a little bit out there, but I follow people like Teal Swan, Dr. Jordan Spencer, like the more the kind of, let's say, the energetical work and scientific, it's it's both, right? That those are the people that I kind of follow. Maybe something that is more like a, a nice starting point Stephen Bartlett's um, podcast is amazing and yeah. I think is very relatable for yeah. everyone, to be honest. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Diary of a so, CEO, isn't it? The diary yeah, of a CEO. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so, yeah. It's great. Those, it is. I listen to that. You know, when I'm driving backwards and forwards between Iraq and Dubai, it's it's one of the ones and I'm sort of yes. going back through all of them. It's fascinating. Uh, I think that's a really useful, but actually really two good, good um, pointers there. Diary of CEO is a great listen because the kind of people he talks to, as you said there, they're people that have done it as well. Uh, and, and again, not anything better or whatever. They've already done it. So they just have experience. Mm-hmm. And again, relating mm-hmm. to that, having a coach in somebody who has experience, somebody who can help mm-hmm. you by having experience. Mm-hmm. And it's not a comparison thing. Yeah. It's just, the, especially I think that when you're set up on your own, accountability from another person is really important because being an entrepreneur or a solopreneur, yeah. even in a small team, can be quite lonely in the last two years we'll, we'll emphasize yeah. that when everyone's been like shut away in their own little boxes and do what you can through you know technology which again is brilliant but it, it's it, it's it's not really that human condition is it we want to be able to to, to relate to, to people but having somebody that holds you accountable i've also found that incredibly mm-hmm. incredibly valuable so uh, I, I appreciate yeah. those and i'm sure the listeners do and mm-hmm. it just remains for me to say thanks beth thank you very much for joining us on this Oh, no, thank you like for giving me the opportunity to share my story and obviously, to, you know, it's really great to connect with other people, like-minded people. And like you say, this is the community, right? And, and it, I really value it and I value your time. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everybody who's listening in on this episode. As always, if there's anyone else you'd like us to speak with, drop us a line at wishlist at swanglinese.rocks and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Swanglinese with your hosts, Barry Lee Cummings and Oscar Endermo. We'll catch you next time.